Hearing changes nobody. Listening changes nobody. Receiving changes nobody. I receive, it doesn't change anybody. I take it, doesn't change anybody. I'm blessed, doesn't change anybody. I've been here, I've been copying notes, doesn't change anybody. Pastor, I have all the notes for 2019, does not change anybody. I have all the messages for 2019, has not changed you. It won't change anybody. The only time change starts is when we begin to do what we are hearing. So in this year 2020, if you don't become a doer, you would end it like the way you ended 2019, sadly. You don't like to hear the truth, but I'm speaking the truth. Look, it's not everybody who ended 2019 happy. We prayed, we hope, we expect, but it's not everybody who entered 2019, who ended 2019, rejoice. The only rejoicing was because we were alive, but others were rejoicing because of accomplishments. What were your accomplishments? Now you can tell me that it's spiritual. Yeah, I, I accomplished a lot of things spiritually. When you have to pay the bill, you pray in front. When your landlord knocks on your door, after that, you tell him that that is for two months. Are you in the church? No, I'm telling you, look, I'm being very, very frank. We like too many spiritual jargons and spiritual mindset and spiritual thought patterns. It is good and I'm going to speak to you about spiritual things very soon. But my question is that 2019, you ended it well because you were speaking in tongues. You ended it well because you fasted. You ended it well because what? You, you were coming to church. Did you really end it well economically? Did you really end it well materially? Did you really end it well the way you wanted to end it? Well, if you didn't, I'm telling you how you can end Do what you hear. I said do what you hear. It's very simple. But they are the simplest things that change lives. It's the simplest things. The simplest things. The things that you don't respect. They are the things that will change your life. Do what you hear. Do what you hear. I remember I was listening to one of my fathers. And then he... He was preaching and then he said, I have stopped building galleries in churches. I said, what happened? He said, because it takes too much time. It takes too much money. But half of the time, nobody sits there. Immediately I heard this, I sent him a message. I said, thank you for this message, but it came to me too late. I have already started building gallery. And it is taking so much time and too much money. So, the next church building, I will not even bother to put a gallery inside. It's one box. Everybody will fit in. And if we had done one box, we would have finished this thing a long time. Are you understanding? But it comes by somebody's experience. It comes from somebody's mistakes. And the person shares with you. You can either receive the message and say, oh, it's a powerful message. Okay, that's wonderful. And go and sit down. Or, you take it that you know what? This man knows something I don't know. And that's how I saw it. There are times you listen to a message. I look, I listen to the message. I just say, God, thank you for this message. Immediately, I start practicing some of the things. And my life changes. So you can sit down and say that, hey, how come our pastor is making so much progress and we, we are not making anything? You will not make anything because you are not doing what you are hearing. Your pastor is, I was telling some people yesterday, that the only difference between myself and them is that I implement a lot. I don't have more wisdom than they do. I don't have more knowledge than they do. I probably am not more spiritual than they are. The only difference is that I implement more. So when I hear it, I do it. When I hear it, I do it. When I heard that start a church, I started you have heard the same thing, but you have not. You have heard that start a fellowship, but you have not. You have heard start an RCF, but you have not. You have heard go for all night, but you will not. Are we here? I have not opened the Bible. I will open the Bible, don't worry. Today I just came to talk to people. The difference between those who are making it and those who are not is implementation. We have heard too much, but implemented little, and so we achieve little. If you can begin to implement more of what you hear, you will start doing, you will start achieving more than what you are achieving now. So I told them the only difference between me and them is that me, 
I operate like a child. When I hear, I do. When I hear, I'll do it. When I hear, I'll try it. When I hear, I'll practice. So, so God, I think, is comfortable to talk to me about some things. Because when he says, I'll do it. Even if I don't know how, I'll try it. Even if I don't understand it, I'll try it. As long as I'm sure he said it, I'll flow, I'll flow with it. And normally, it does well for me. Amen. Amen. Am I speaking to you? So become doers and not stubborn hearers. Stubborn hearers. All that he's saying is just this one that I've heard. Just this one I've heard. And even that one, I won't do it. We'll keep praying for you. We'll keep praying for you in your, in your situation. Because for some, no, no change can come to you until you start doing it. So start doing it. Tell somebody, start doing it. We are so doing too much. Start doing it. Hello? Start doing it. Enough of just hearing and walking out. You see, I have seen how we come in, we receive the word, we walk out, we drop it, we come back, we receive it, we walk out, we drop it. And, and so there's no change there's no progress. There's no improvement. It's just two, three people that are, are moving. I'm sure you can see it yourself. You accept it. It's up to you whether you accept it or not. It's up to you. But me too, I'm seeing it. It's just two, three, four people that are making some progress. And the rest are all trying to. The reason is just simple. It is just a few people who have become doers of the word. I'm talking about what the Bible says. I'm not talking about what I am saying. The Bible says that it is in doing the word that will become blessed. It's in doing the word. So if you are just a hearer, you are just a hearer. Just a hearer. Nothing happens to hearers. You only become enriched with knowledge. But sometimes, even too much knowledge is not good for you. There's a knowledge that you are not using for anything. Knowledge you are not using anything doesn't help. So I mentioned to you earlier that one of the means to your blessing this year, God spoke to me about it towards the end of last year and it was sacrifice. It was sacrifice. And so this year I've been talking about sacrifice and I'll try and talk to you about sacrifice this morning before I leave. Sacrifice. 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 And I'm sure people are getting tired. Ah, what is sacrifice? Everyday sacrifice. Everyday sacrifice. I will talk sacrifice until I begin to see the blessing of sacrifice coming over you. Are you here? No, look. I came, I've come to see by the grace of God that there is nobody who will ever make it without sacrifice. No matter how many hours of prayer we pray over you, no matter how, who, who lays their hands on you, no matter who gives you an open door, if you are not prepared to sacrifice, you are not prepared to grow. You are not prepared to sacrifice, you are not prepared to increase. You are not prepared to sacrifice, you are not prepared for any blessing. If you are not prepared to sacrifice, you are not prepared to enter into God's divine provision. It is only sacrifice that will move you to the point that you have to get to. Only sacrifice. I am not even going to give you other options. It is only sacrifice. Only. Only. I will show you from, I'm, I'm not talking about money. Like I said, it's not money I'm talking about. It is only sacrifice that can move you from where you are to where you must get to. It's only sacrifice. Only. It is, it is just sacrifice. It's not even prayer because prayer it's a sacrificial assignment. Prayer. A person who cannot sacrifice cannot pray. A person, so it is not prayer, it is not fasting, it is sacrifice. If the person can sacrifice, they can fast. If the person can sacrifice, they can pray. If the person can sacrifice, they can do the thing that must bring the blessing. It is sacrifice that will promote you and not the prayer that you are praying. That lazy prayer you are praying. 
That lazy prayer you are praying is not what it will do the trick. It is sacrifice. At work, how often do you sacrifice? At your workplace. You can check the difference between those who are being promoted at work and those who have stagnated at work. And the difference is sacrifice. One gives themselves. The other says that, hey, I can't kill myself. I can't kill myself. And if you can't kill yourself, nobody will kill themselves for you. People kill themselves for people who are willing to kill themselves. Are you here? People give unto people who are willing to die. God opens doors for people who are willing to lose that door. When you say, if I perish, I perish. That is the time God steps in. Because now, you have given up and you are saying that whatever can come, must come. And I was telling the first service people that the reason why we are not seeing what we, are, we, what we must be seeing is that we know our right too much. We know our right too much. Nobody can disrespect me. Nobody can, 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 can say anything to me. Nobody must touch me. Nobody must do this. Nobody must do that. The reason why you are where you are is because you know your right too much. Yes, we understand that you must know your right, but it's not every time your right must stand in the way of your blessing. It's not every time. It's not every time your right must stand in the way of your blessing. And I made an example with the police that if you are driving and the police stops you, you cannot start talking your right. You should not. Because by the time you finish talking about your right, they have spent two hours of your time. However, if you had just said, I am sorry. Even though I know my right, but I'm sorry. It's a mistake. I'm sorry. Next time, don't do that again. That's all. Two minutes. Problem solved. But because we cannot sacrifice we cannot give away our right. No. I can't allow him to talk to me anyhow. That's why you are still single. That's why you are still single. He, he cannot talk to me anyhow. You know too much. You're right. That's why he's afraid. Hey. The way I saw her talk to Pastor, this one, this one, this one. I have to wait. No, that's the reason why he, he's not going for it. He's afraid. You know you're right. You know, there are some people, I remember I was employing somebody. The person started asking me certain questions. I told my HR that this one, they know they're right too much. So, so, so after 5.30, do you start paying overtime? You have not started work. You have not started work. You have not even started the job. After 5.30, will you pay overtime? And so if, if, if after 5.30 you're not going to pay overtime, then it means that is it possible that I should, I should come to work at 9? Hey, I've not even thought about it. This person has talked through everything. So when I come to work and then on my way out, the door hits me. Who takes care of the injury? I said, hey, this is a very legalistic person. I beg you. go to Ghana Law School <laughs> and leave us alone because you know you're right too much. You lose jobs because you know too much of your right. Your interviews are not working because you know too much of your right. Nobody wants to marry you because you, you know too much of your right. Nobody wants to employ you because of that. And, and, and maybe nobody wants to have you as a friend because you always insist on your right. It must be you. No, relax. Sister, relax. Brother, relax. Let somebody step on your toes. Let somebody treat you as a fool sometimes. Sometimes you must be a fool to get promoted.
Don't always seek to be right. Sometimes you must be a fool to be promoted. There are many times I've had to keep quiet and watch nonsense happen because I need to get something done. There are some offices you go there and if you go and talk about your right, ah, you're right, eh? they'll put the letter in the process. And the process, by the time it goes through the process, is one year. You need the thing to happen in two weeks. Eh, but what are you here for? Are you not here to work? Oh, I'm here to work. I'm here to work. And so if you are here to work and I'm giving you my document, why are you not processing it? We'll process it for you. Please sit down. I'm coming. After one hour, you, you go again. Oh, please, there were some people here before you, so I'm, I'm processing when I get to your tent. You'll be there till 5 p.m. They'll tell that, oh, come tomorrow. Tomorrow you'll get there. You know, yesterday we didn't finish. There were 72 people ahead of you. So it's in the process. You just taught me my job, isn't it? So it's in the process. I'll just um, do it for you. Just wait. Your turn will come. Three months. All, meanwhile, all you had to do, madam, there's serious pressure. I beg you, can you be mindful? That's all. Just. No, I'm not I'm not preaching from the Bible, but I'm I'm teaching you common sense from the Bible. Stop fighting for your rights all the time. I know my rights. I know my rights. You can't talk to me like that. You can't treat me anyhow. You can't do this to me. You can't do that to me. That's why we are where we are. And I have seen people who operate like fools. You shout, oh, I'm very sorry. I, I didn't mean it. Okay, so where should I be? Here. Okay. Adam. Higher. No, I have seen them like that. And, and by the time they finish behaving like a fool, they have got whatever they are, they are looking for. And they are on their way. And the wise ones are still standing in the queue. I met one man who never went to school. Then he told me, that all the punishment that you guys went to school to receive me, I didn't receive some. So when I go out and anybody is punishing me to stand in a queue or to do this, I accept it gently. Because you people in Krachifona Muko school, you suffered there. So if you come and you are shouting, you can shout. But me, I can't shout. And every time you go anywhere with him, they serve him first. They serve him first because he knows how to carry himself. I'm, I'm still talking about sacrifice. Learn how to sacrifice your rights sometimes. Wives, don't always know your rights. You become, you become a single mother very soon. You become a single mother very soon. Every time a man opens his mouth, you would have to palm who do you think you are? How much money do you bring to this house? And the husbands too. Same. So every time you must win an argument. Sacrifice. No, I am talking about sacrifice in every area. I'm not talking about that's why I said don't think about money. It's not your money I'm, I'm coming for. It's your heart I'm chasing. Just, just soak in the principles of sacrifice. The reason why you, are, you, are, you go to school, you are not passing your exams is because when you are to sacrifice your sleep to study, you are joking. When you are to sacrifice your time and sit behind the books, you are chasing people. And so you can never pass your exam. Look, sacrifice cuts across every area. Cuts across every area. You are doing business. You need to learn how to sacrifice. Today is the day for sacrifice. Tomorrow you will take your harvest. But learn to sacrifice today. Learn to sacrifice when you have to sacrifice. Instrumentalists, learn to sacrifice when you have to. Because a time will come you receive your harvest. The time of seed sowing is the time of sacrifice. The time of planting is the time of sacrifice. The time of laying it down is the time of sacrifice. Let's not always be in a hurry. I need, I, I must take it. I must have it. I must take it. 
When is sacrifice? Sacrifice always comes before the harvest. It always comes before the harvest. Stop chasing the harvest without chasing sacrifice. Chase the sacrifice, the harvest will follow you. Did you hear me? I said chase the sacrifice, the harvest will follow you. You will not have to chase the harvest when you are sacrificing. Have you seen a farmer who has labored to plant his seeds, who have watered it and nurtured it, walking around looking for harvest for no, the harvest comes. The harvest comes and he has to actually get other people to help him to harvest. So harvests chase people who have sacrificed. But the people who have not sacrificed, they are always running around looking for a harvest. You want to receive your harvest, learn to sacrifice. Receive the sacrifice. Amen. First Kings chapter 19, verse 15. First Kings 19, 15. I'll just lessons over here and I'll, I'll close. Then the Lord said to him, Go, start from 14 for me. I want to, I want to. Yeah, I like the 14. This is the time that a prophet, a man of God, a wife, a Christian, a chorister, an usher, a pastor, goes back to God and start complaining about a position God has put them in. About a blessing God has given them. About a status God has given them. I keep saying that there are times that God will look into a family and lift up one. And the reason why he has lifted that one up is so that that one will lift the others up. The reason why you, are, you, you have been lifted up is so that you will help your sisters and your brothers. The reason why you have been lifted up is so that you'll be a blessing to your community. It's so that you'll be a blessing to the people around you. It's so that you'll be a blessing to somebody. You'll be a help to somebody. So sometimes, God puts us in places not just for ourselves, but for other people's benefits. And I believe that Elijah was such a person that God lifted up, God anointed and God appointed to do an assignment. But unfortunately, at a point, he got tired. Like all of us, we get tired. We begin to complain. We begin to murmur. We begin to get angry. Why this? Why me? Why am I going through that? Why did you put me here? Why am I? I am tired of this. I am tired of that. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm tired of it. Why should I be the one playing the keyboard and singing at the same time? I'm tired of it. If they won't find anybody, I will stop it. Why should I be the one preaching every Sunday? I'm tired. If we don't raise people, I will stop. Because it stops me from traveling and doing what I want to do. Why should I be the only one ushering? Every Saturday I have to come, clean the carpets, scrub the place, and do this. Why should it be only me? Why shouldn't it be only you? You are the one that has been blessed for that assignment. And you are the one who has been privileged, who has the privilege to position him herself, himself or herself to receive a blessing in the very near future. No, you may think that you are, you are serving for nothing. You are struggling for nothing. I'm sacrificing for nothing. But the time is going to come. Your sacrifice today will begin to speak for you. That is when you would receive the blessing. That's when you would understand why you had to do what you did. But don't wait till the harvest before you understand the time of sacrifice. Because there's a season of sacrifice for everything. And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord. Like we all say all the time. I've been very zealous. I have served you with all my heart. I have pushed. I have done my best. I have done everything that you have asked me to do. But still, I'm not seeing the blessing. But still, people are insulting me. But still, my marriage is not working. But still, my husband is not loving me. But still, my wife is not submitting to me. Still, the church is not growing. Still, things are not happening the way I expected it to happen. And the same thing Elijah was saying. I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts. I have been very zealous. I have served you well. I have served you. 
And every time people get up and make such complaints and, and such statements, I, have, I am the only one who has done this. I'm the only one who is struggling to do this. I'm the only one who is forcing to make sure these things are working. If nobody's, every time I come here to clean, there's nobody here. So I'm the only one. Every time I come to the choir, I'm the only one. Every time I come as an usher, I'm the only one. Every time I come to do something, I'm the only one. So every time we are complaining, I'm the only one, I'm the only one. It started from the time of the Bible. It started, but I'll give you answers from the Bible. I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. So nobody is doing it. Everybody has stopped. They have forsaken the covenant. They have forsaken what they have agreed to do. We agreed that we'll do visitation, but we have stopped. And so I'm the only one who is doing it. They agreed that they will go and see people in the hospital and pray for them. They stopped. So I'm the only one who is doing it. They agreed that they will be coming to church every Sunday to come and worship and dance before the Lord. They have stopped. So I'm the only one who is doing it. And Elijah was complaining because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They torn down the altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone. I alone. I alone. Minkwan. I'm the only one left standing. And even me, they are now seeking to take my life. They now want to kill me. They now want to mess me up. They now want to, me, want to pull me down. Even though nobody is helping them and I'm the one who is trying to help them, they even want to kill me in spite of the fact that I am trying my best. I hear that story. I hear that cry. I hear that language. I hear that complaint several, several, all of the time. I hear it. I'm tired. I'm tired. Pastors hear it. Church members hear it. I'm tired. I'm tired. Choir directors hear it. I'm tired. Head of instrumentalists they hear. I'm tired. Head of ushers he hears it. I'm tired. Hospitality. I'm tired. Everybody starts talking. I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't want to do it again because nobody is doing it. Nobody wants to do it. Everybody who's, who has been called to do it is not doing it. So I'm the only one doing it. I'm tired. I don't want to do it again. Enough is enough. I've gone through too much for this ministry. I've gone through too much for this kingdom. I've gone through too much for this marriage. I've gone through too much. I've gone through too much for these children. I'm not doing it again. I've gone through too much. For this family, I've gone through too much. Now they should carry their own cross. I have gone through too much for this, my brother. It is enough. He should carry his own cross. But hey, God put you there for this reason. God put you there for this reason. Give me verse 15. Then the Lord said to him, You are tired. There's no problem. It's okay. I gave you a certain anointing. I lifted you up. I promoted you. I gave you strength. I gave you grace. I gave you wisdom. I gave you something that not everybody has. I put you in a place of greatness. I put you in a place that you would become some name that will never be forgotten. But if today you are telling me that I am tired, don't worry about it. I have other people that I'm going to use in replacement of yourself. Unfortunately, we don't know these things, but sometimes God already has somebody, has some people that are ready to take your position. It is just his mercy that keeps us in that position. So we should stop feeling that it is our right to occupy that chair. It is my right to drive that car. It is my right to have that business. It is my right to have that kind of marriage. It is my right to have that good wife or that good husband. It is my right to have those children. Stop saying those things that we say and begin to appreciate God because it is just kindness. It is just grace. It is just mercy. It is just his favor that has put us that in that place. It is, it is just God's kindness that places us there. So Elijah goes about and says that, you know what? I'm tired. And God says, don't worry. Don't worry if you are tired. I know what to do. He says, go. Return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. I have three people already anointed. 
three people have already appointed them. Your job that I gave you, I gave you the grace to be able to do three people's assignments. I gave you one person. I put so much power in you that one person, you can do three people's assignments, but you are complaining that you don't want it. So I'm taking one from you. I'll give it to this person. I'll take another from you. I'll give it to this person. The last one that is left, you are going to anoint somebody and put the person in your place. And then after that, I will call you home because you become useless to me. The reason why God is keeping us here is because probably we are useful to him. Immediately we stop being useful to him. There are other people that he can call to become useful to him. And once you are useless to him, you are useless to this world. Once you are useless to God, you are useless to this world. The reason why we are being kept here is because we are useful to him and because we can become useful to him or because there's a hope that will become useful to him one day. But the very moment you begin to complain and you tell him that, Lord, I am tired. I don't want to do this ministry again. I don't want to do this singing again. I don't want to do this follow-up again. I don't want to do this visitation again. I don't want to do this fasting and prayer again. I don't want to lead your sheep again. I don't want to follow up souls again. I don't want to do this work that you have given me again. I don't want to help my family members again. I don't want to help the community again. I have done too much for them. They have never respected anything I did. They have never honored me for anything I have done. He says that I gave you that grace for one person to be able to carry three people's assignments. But if you cannot do it, I gave it to you as a one person to carry your family's assignments. I gave you one person that you carry your community's assignment. I gave the anointing to one person that you carry the church's assignment. I gave the grace to one person that you carry hundred people's assignment. But if you had decided that I am not going to carry that assignment again, come here, come here. As you go back home, there is another man you will meet there. Anoint him. That one will take the first assignment. Another man you will meet, anoint him. He will take the second assignment. Another one you will meet, he will take the third assignment. Anoint him and walk out of the assignment. Go where you want to go and I will take you home because you are useless to me. Return on your way to Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. That tells me that Elijah was empowered to in fact be the king of Syria. Because when he was alive, at the time he was operating, they hadn't anointed any king of Syria. It was when he said, I am leaving the job, that God said, okay, if you are leaving, then now we need a king for Syria. But whilst you were there, I didn't need a king for Syria. I gave you the throne. I gave you the crown. I gave you the authority. I gave you the power to be able to rule as a king and to rule as a prophet. But if you are moving out of your office, then sorry, I have to take that crown from you. I have to take that office from you and give it to another man. I pray that God will not get to a point uh, of taking the crown from you or snatching the position from you or taking the glory from your hands. Then he said, also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. One man, he carried royalty to overrule and to look over and to give direction for Israel for Syria two kingdoms one man anytime you allow God to use you he puts more than just you your provision in you he puts more than just you in you so when God begins to use you he is not using you because of you. He's using you because of others. He's using you because of your mother. He's using you because of your community. He's using you because of your city. He's using you because of Ghana. He's using you because of Africa. He's using you because of the world. He has put more than just enough 
inside you to be able to touch more than just one person. Elijah was ruling Israel and was ruling uh, what he called Syria. And yet they never called him King Elijah. He was a prophet. It's not your title that determines what you carry. It's not your title that determines what you control. It's not your title that determines who you cover. It's not your title that determines your boundaries. It's not your title. It is your connection to God. It is your relationship with God. It is what God says that comes to pass. If God says, I have made you a ruler, even if you don't carry the title, you are what he says you are. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Ebal-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. So you can even see that the anointing that Elijah passed onto Elisha was not the complete anointing. Because Elisha, Elijah carried the anointing to rule over Israel and Syria. But when he was passing on to Elisha, it was just one third of what he was carrying. Because he gave one third to, um, what's his name, Hesiel, gave one third to Jehu, and then one third, he gave it to Elisha. Look at how we talk about Elisha in the double portion. Elijah was carrying times three of what he gave to Elijah. Elisha. But at the time that he was handing it over, he was left with one, so he gave it to Elisha. Because God had taken one for this person, one for that person. When God gives you a point, when God calls you to do something, don't think that it doesn't happen. Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel Mehola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Give me 17. Are you with me? It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of his Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. That told me when I read it, that it means that nobody escaped the sword of Elijah in his whole life. Nobody escaped because if it could happen that somebody will escape Elijah's sword, God would have made a backup for him. But he made no backup for him because when Elijah speaks, that's what it is. That's why he could open his mouth and say that it shall not rain for three years and no rain came. And he said that now I see the rain coming. And it happened. That was Elijah and what he carried. But when he was handing over, it was Hazel. Because now they gave him one third. Which meant that something could pass by. If it passes by, the second person could handle it. If the second person also misses it, the third person could handle it. Meaning, one person carried three graces, three anointings, three powers in one. When you begin to tell God that you are tired, it is because you don't understand what you carry. It's because you don't know what he has put inside of you. And when, 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 look, you your assignment and your anointing attracts what you can overcome. Are you understanding me? So when you see somebody who is attracting poor people, his anointing is to bring poor people out of poverty. When you see somebody who is attracting people who are downtrodden, his anointing is for that kind of people. I was listening to my father and he said that when God anoints you, it is for people who are the downtrodden, who are not having enough. They are the ones who are attracted to the anointing because the anointing is for turning their story. I see your story changing in the name of Jesus. It shall be that whoever escapes. Give me verse 18. Verse 18. Yet, this was what blew my mind. After the three, and God said, you know what? Elijah, let me show you. Don't think that I have run out of ideas. Don't think that I have run out of people. Don't think that I have run out of anointing. Don't think that I have run out of people who are willing to die. Don't even think that you are the only one. Because the marriage I have placed you in, 
I placed you there not because you are the most beautiful or you are the most handsome or you are the wisest. I placed you there because I wanted you to be there. However, there were about 7,000 people who, can, who could have taken the position. I just gave it to you. Pastor, don't think that you are the only one who can preach and that's the reason why you are preaching. I put you there because of my mercy. But I'm just informing you that there are 7,000 people who can preach better. There are 7,000 that are waiting. You think that the business that you have that is doing well is because you are so intelligent, because you are so smart, because you can do it so well. No, there are 7,000 people that could have done it. I just gave it to you because I loved you. So if you think that you are tired, inform you. The 7,000 that are waiting, they're just jogging like this. You know how when people are coming to take over from, they are coming to change players, they start to say warm up. 7,000 people are warming up. I said 7,000 people are warming up behind the gates. They want to preach. 7,000 people are warming up behind your marriage. They want to take over. 7,000 people are warming up behind your husband. They want to take him. 7,000 people are warming up behind your wife. They want to take her. 7,000 people are warming up behind your keyboard. They want to throw the other person away. 7,000. In Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to bow. You cry, you are even contaminated. But this one's nothing. And every mouth that has not kissed him, 19. So he departed from there. He departed from there. Found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing. So Elijah, Elijah has left and he's done whatever he had to do. Now he comes and he meets Elisha. I believe that God told Elijah where to go to find Elisha. There was a particular location that God said, when you go there, Elisha will be there. Do you know that when God was speaking to Elijah, Elisha was not hearing. Elisha was not part of the discussion. The only thing Elisha did was that he maintained his position. He maintained his position. God said, you will find him in this area. He will be doing this one. And Elisha was found there doing the same thing. The reason why sometimes we miss out on God's visitation is that he will give a message and say that when you go, he will be at this place and he will be doing that. But when the blessing got there, you have moved from that place and you are not doing what you are supposed to be doing. So the blessing missed you or you missed the blessing. And so you keep complaining that why is it that this one has been blessed and this one has not been blessed? The reason is simple. When the blessing came, he met this one doing what he was supposed to be doing. When the blessing came for you, you had moved from your position. Can you imagine if Elisha had moved from where he was, Elijah would have passed by and there would never have been any transfer. But the reason why the transfer happened was because Elijah saw Elisha where he was supposed to be. How often do we miss out on the visitation just because we were angry, just because we were tired, just because we were disturbed, just because we felt the right not to be there. I don't want to, I don't want to be here. I'm tired. Today I'm not coming to church. That is the day. That is the day. That is the day. Today I am not coming for the all night. That is the day. That is the day. I'm not coming to pray tonight. That is the day that Elijah was coming. That was the day that Elijah was coming to drop his mantle. And then you decided I'm tired. I cannot come today. Elijah will come and pass. And you will never receive any mantle. And others will receive the mantle. And you begin to complain. I have been serving you. I have been following you. How come this one has received and I have not received? This one stayed at their place. They stayed at their place. Elisha was found plowing. Twelve yoke of oxen. He was doing what had been what he had been told to do. And he was with the twelve. Then Elijah passed by. Then Elijah passed by and threw the mantle. I'm finishing on this one. Elijah passed by. He threw the mantle. He didn't say anything. He just threw the mantle. He didn't talk. He just removed his mantle. And he threw it on Elisha. And Elisha, as spiritual as he was, could understand what it meant. As carnal as you are, when you receive that mantle, you don't even understand what has happened. 
when your pastor speaks to you, you don't even hear it. It's a mantle. I was telling the first service people, when your pastor tells you to come and lead praise and worship, it is like the throwing of a mantle. When your pastor tells you, handle this ministry for me, it is a throwing of a mantle. When your pastor says, do this for me, it's the throwing of a mantle. When your pastor says, handle projection, it's the throwing of a mantle. When your pastor says, come and become a pastor and serve me, it's the throwing of a mantle. When your pastor says, come and work with me, it's the throwing of a mantle. When your pastor says, come and sing for me when I'm about to preach, it's the throwing of a mantle. And unfortunately, because of how carnal, how dull we are in the spirit, when a mantle is thrown, it's like, what happened? What happened? He threw his mantle for what? Why has he thrown his mantle on me? Why has he called me to come and sing? Why has he called me to come and sing? There are some people I have told them several times, come, draw closer, come and sing. I, I have seen what I have seen. Come and sing. They will always escape. You are escaping your blessing. You are escaping your destiny. You are escaping your calling. You are escaping your protection. You are escaping your promotion. You are not running away from me. Elijah, when he saw the call or when he saw the mantle, he didn't think that Elijah was calling him. He knew that it was God that called him. It was God that called him. It wasn't Elijah that called him. Yes, the mantle was Elijah's mantle, but the call was not Elijah's call. The call was not Elijah's call. So when your pastor, in even his foolishness, he says that come and sing in the choir. He is not calling you. It is God who has located you. When God was talking to Elijah, Elisha was not there. Elisha did not hear. Elisha did not sense it. God didn't finish with Elijah and talk to Elisha. He didn't. He just spoke to Elijah and said, go and do it. Elijah went and did it and Elisha said that, no, 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 no. This one is not this man. It is God that has called me. How come when your Elijah calls you, you are confused. When your Elijah calls you, you are wondering what it is. When your Elijah talks to you, you say, can I go and wait upon God for it? Did you see Elisha waiting upon God? When your family members are looking for you to mess you up and God in his own mercy has spoken to your Elijah and says that this my daughter pull her out. This my son pull him out. And so Elijah also comes looks around and says that you know what from today I want you to join the Issachar force. Yeah I don't have the time. Don't worry. When they destroy you you will understand Oh, you have time. When the destruction comes, you have time. Join the choir. My mother doesn't allow me. No. When you become as useless as your mother, you would, you would understand. In my family, they don't allow me. They don't give me time. Don't worry. But you have time to go and sleep with people. Am I preaching? Yeah, whatever you want to do, you make time to go and do it. When it comes to the things of God, I don't have time, you know. And I, I'm very busy. Nonsense. You are which busy? Which busy? When did you become busy for God? When God takes his time from you, what will you have? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. You are mad. You are which busy? You are crazy. You are not busy. You are crazy. That's what you are. You are not busy. You are crazy. And you need deliverance from craziness. Because the devil wants to destroy you like something. No, look, some people, I, I cry when I get home. I cry that why can't she see it? Why can't he see it? God, can you open her eyes? And God says, I opened your eyes so that you talk to them. If they cannot listen, I cannot open their eyes. Because if I open it, they will not see it. Elisha didn't ask God to open his ears or his eyes to see. When he saw Elijah's manifestation, he said, that is God. That is God. Elijah just passed by and threw his mantle and that alone was a message to him. How come we have thrown mantles over mantles upon mantles and you still can't catch a message? You are dull of hearing. You are thick in your heart and you are thick in your spirit. Just threw a mantle. Elijah got it. May God help us. May God help us that when a mantle is thrown your way, you will catch it. When a mantle is thrown your way, you will receive it. May God help you that when your pastor begins to 
throw a mantle your way. When God begins to send help your way. Look, when God sent that message to Elisha, it was a blessing to Elisha. Now we are talking about Elisha because of that mantle that came towards him. We are not talking about Elisha because he was carrying 12 yoke of oxen. We are not talking about Elisha because he was running a business. We are not talking about Elisha because he was a good businessman or he was a good family man or he liked his father or he liked his mother. We only talk about Elisha in connection to the anointing. We only mention Elisha when we are talking about the double portion. We only talk about Elisha when we are talking about ministry. We only talk about Elisha when we are talking about power. We only talk about Elisha when we are talking about what he achieved. We don't talk about Elisha in his business or in his marriage or in his family. We don't. We will never talk to you or about you concerning your family. We will not do anything concerning your marriage. We will not do anything concerning anything. You will not be remembered because of your marriage. You will not be remembered because of the family you come from. You would only be remembered by the people you touched, by the life you changed, by the people you lifted up, by the people you led, by the people you changed, by the transformation you brought you will not be remembered because you married well so continue marrying well it is not what will keep your name forever continue fathering well it will not keep your name forever continue husbanding well it will not keep your name forever what will keep your name forever is what you do for the one who stays forever What keeps your name forever is what you do for the one who is forever. So if you want to continue doing things for the people that are not forever so that they die with your name, go ahead. But Elijah, Elisha decided that I will not continue following this oxen. That are not forever. Let me chase an anointing that is forever. Let me go for something that is forever. Let me look for something that is forever. Let me stop these things that are that are not eternal, that have expiry date. Goats and cows, they have expiry date. Cattle, they have expiry date. Business, they have expiry date. But the kingdom has no expiry date. Ministry has no expiry date. Changing lives has no expiry date. Becoming born again has no expiry date. Bringing people to know God does not have an expiry date. Taking people to the kingdom of God has no expiry date. Bringing people to his presence has no expiry date. Why don't I spend my time, my ministry, my life, my assets, my resources, my skill, my talent, everything I have, pushing something that is eternal? Let me give you verse 20 and I'll hand over. Immediately, he left the oxen. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please, let me kiss my father and my mother and then I'll follow you. He said, go back for what have I done to you. But what I want you to see is the top. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Sacrifice. 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 It was the first step to power. It was the first step to power. It was the first step to greatness. It was the first step to the anointing. It was the first step to, to upliftment. It was the first step to anything. Sacrifice. He sacrificed everything. He left the oxen and ran. He left it and ran. Let me kiss my father and mother and then I'll follow you. Give me 21. Give me 21. He said, what have I done with you? Go back, go back for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him. And I thought that when he turned, he would turn in anger. Because sometimes when Elijah spoke, it was like an insult. Get away from here. What do you want from me? What are you following me for? Get back. Have I called you? Meanwhile, you have thrown an anointing on me. You have given me a mantle. And I'm, I'm coming to talk to you. That Can you give me time? Get, get, get away, get away, get away. Don't waste my time. What are you doing? Get, get, get away. And sometimes that's how Elijah speaks. Sometimes that's how Elijah speaks. And that is how this Elijah speaks sometimes. I understand that sometimes I can be very temperamental. I understand that sometimes I can say something that I don't mean, but it will hurt you. And sometimes I actually have to hurt you. Because if I don't cut you, 
you will not do what must be done. So sometimes Elijah has to cut. And he cut. He said, get away from here. What have I done to you? What do I have to do with you? Have I called you? Do I know you? What do you want to do? Better get away from here. The Bible says, so Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He said that I know the anointing. I know what it means. I know what it means. I have been looking forward to something like this happening to me. If this man has invited me and now he's even saying I should get away. The first thing I heard was invitation. Forget about what I am hearing now. What I'm hearing now is probably coming from him. Look, I am sure Elijah after putting the mantle on Elisha regretted doing it. It is very possible that now he's, he's seeing that hey, I am almost losing my office. So if the Elijah says that give me some time, to get away, get away. I don't want to release this. He said, No, 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 no. The first thing he did was give me the mantle. That's all I know. If he gets angry, it's his own problem. If he shouts, it's his own problem. If he doesn't understand, his own problem. If he insults me, his own problem. The first thing I remember he did was that when I came to the church, he invited me. He welcomed me. He said that come and let's work together. He said come and do something with me. So everything else that he says, it doesn't matter to me. I remember the first thing that he said to me. Why don't you normally remember the first love of your husband, the first love of your wife and go through the problems with him. So with, with, with the mind that I remember when we met, we were so much in love. I am not going to allow this problem that has come to split us apart. I am holding on to the first love that I had. That is why the Bible says in Revelation that you have lost your first love because it is your first love that keeps you connected. It's your first love that keeps you anointed. It's your first love that keeps you following God. It's your first love that keeps you chasing the anointing. It was Elisha's first love that made him go back and he said that I am not going to allow this man to go scot-free. Bring me the oxen, slaughter them, Boil the flesh. Use the oxen's equipment. Share it to everybody. And then let me follow. Let me follow. Let me follow. Let me follow. Let me follow the anointing. Let me follow. I will sacrifice everything for the anointing. I will give up my friends for the anointing. I will give up my oxen for the anointing. I will give up my family for the anointing. I will give up my money for the anointing. I will give it away. Let it go. And let me give. Let me take the anointing. Let me take the anointing. I want the anointing. I need the anointing. It is anointing that I need. Not the cows. Not the cattle. Not the meat. Let the meat go. Let me take the anointing. So the meat went. And then the Bible says, he arose. Followed Elijah. And became his servant. Sacrifice. 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 What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to sacrifice? He was a businessman. He had employees. He had a family. He cut it all off and said, I want to serve you. I am your servant from today. Elijah didn't even like him, but he still followed him. He said, I'll serve you. I'll follow you. And that was the beginning of his anointing. That was the beginning of his greatness. That was the beginning of Elijah's name coming out of the field to become a great person. When would you also associate yourself with the anointing? When would you also start sacrificing for the anointing? When would you also start giving away some things for the anointing? There are times that you must give away friendships for the anointing. There are times that you must cut off some friends for the anointing. There are times you must cut off some money for the anointing. There are times that you must give away your family for the anointing. There are times that you must give away your pride for the anointing. There are times that you must drop a lot of things just because of the anointing. After the anointing comes, all these things will be added unto you. When the anointing arrives, he says, seek ye first. Seek ye first. Seek ye first the anointing. 
Seek ye first God and his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. I also said seek ye first the anointing. And all these things shall be added unto you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and begin to pray. That Lord... I want to be able to sacrifice for you. I want to give up something for you. I want to give away my time for you. I want to give away my resources for you. I want to give my talent to you. I want to follow you and serve you. I want to give away. I want to sacrifice. Sacrifice for the anointing. Sacrifice for power. Sacrifice for greatness. Sacrifice for hope. Sacrifice. Pray for yourself. 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 